Hey guys, good evening. Welcome to the Service Without Excuses studio here at robmlion.com. Glad to be with you on a Tuesday evening recording uh, episode number two of season three of the Service Without Excuses podcast. I came to you, I was actually going to have a guest originally tonight, and I ended up rescheduling the guest for a little later in the week just because of some technical issues um, that we wanted to work through to make sure the recording was going to be correct. But I did not want to miss the uh, the opportunity to come to you. But uh, Real quick, we'll talk about our sponsors. Uh, so tell us, so tell us.com forward slash Rob Lyon. That's R O B L Y O N, like the city in France, not like the king of the jungle. And I am, again, so happy to be with you to uh, discuss a new subject. One of my coaching clients actually came up with this and I said, you know what, this will be a great subject to talk about. We've talked about a little bit in the past, but we didn't get too far into it, too many details into it. And I thought, you know what, tonight might be a good opportunity to really talk about this particular subject. I get questions all the time. I get comments, I get direct messages, I get all kinds of stuff, emails, a lot of emails, and people say, hey, you know, I'm starting this, or I'm doing this, or I'm trying to build this. And one of the questions that comes up a lot is diversification and being diversified enough in your business to either be over-diversified or maybe under-diversified. And what are some other options if I say, you know what, I don't want to add this extra service onto my business. I don't think it'll be a great fit for my business. Um, what do you suggest? What do you think might be the best way to do it? So I'm going to discuss this in, 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 in a nutshell what I think. I believe if your business is has a certain core to it. So for my business, the core business itself is actually tile and grout cleaning and cleans carpet. However, people would think we're a carpet cleaning service. I often have to explain this and, and often tell people we happen to be a tile and grout cleaning service that happens to clean carpet versus a carpet cleaning service that happens to clean tile and grout. You're probably like, what the hell? What does that mean, Rob? Does it make a lot of sense to me? And it does because our core business itself is founded on getting excellent results for tile and grout cleaning. That's what we do actually more than anything else, both commercial, residential, hard surface, stone, uh, tile and grout, uh, porcelain or ceramic, which is you know your common tile and grouts. Um, slate, bluestone, uh, some marbles, things like that. That's the majority of our business is hard surfaces. But because we do those hard surfaces, we also can do wall-to-wall carpet cleaning, um, some area rug cleaning, furniture cleaning, obviously, um, drapery, fine furnishings, things like that we can do too as well. Um, but our core business is that. So because we have that core business, the other things, as I just discussed, we added on that are our carpet cleaning, which is a revenue generator. It's not a big profit center for us, but it is substantial. It can be um, part of that encompasses both commercial and residential services. So we clean everything from restaurants early in the morning to doctor's offices and maintenance and things of that nature. Those are things that go off the core business. If we happen to clean your tile and grout, you might have rug, you might have area rugs, you might have upholstery, you might have other things. So that's going to be a core business and diversification latched within that personal business. Um, a friend of mine is a painter, and actually, um, I'm going to have him on at one of the episodes too as well coming up. Excellent painter, high-end home painter, but he also does power washing. Why? Because his clients ask him, hey, listen, you did my painting in my house. Can you can you recommend somebody for doing the outside of my house or washing? Now, he calls me for a lot of the work that's on the inside, you know, carpets, rugs, again, tile and grout. Things of that nature. But he doesn't, you know, he decided one day, you know what, I'm getting a lot of questions about cleaning houses. Now, I don't know anything about power washing houses, so I'm going to go get some education in it. He ended up doing it as an added service. So he does both residential commercial painting. He does interior painting. He actually does some staining work, too, as well. He does decks. He actually can do staining on furniture, too, as well. He's very good at it. 
And to boot, he gets into uh, power washing um, the homes and cleaning, you know, exterior windows, soft washing is what it is. He invested in a great system um, for soft washing and it works great and it's a great business. But you wouldn't automatically think a painter would be doing that, but he gets a lot of requests for that. Just like in our business, we get a lot of requests for people that have had water damage backups, mold problems, just because what we deal with is somewhat environmental. And they just say, you know what? He may know. He may be a resource. Our company might be a good resource for you to be able to connect the dots between um, two companies. So it, it really becomes a very big uh, factor when it comes to um, having these uh, benefits and these additional services and that point of diversification, diversification rather in your business. But when is it not a good idea? And I made some notes here and I'm going to go over them briefly. Um, if you're watching me, obviously you can see me looking at these notes. I, I take notes all the time, so it's the best way to look at it. But for my business, when should I add an additional service, a little bit of diversification, or should I do a partnership with somebody where they can refer more work to me, uh, vice versa? Um, when is that time you know, when is that decision, when's best to make that decision? Well, I never say you go away from your core business. So if you're a plumbing company and you decide you want to get into plumbing and then you want to be a disaster restoration company, I'm not going to suggest that. It's not that they aren't related to a certain degree. They do have a little bit of a variation of, of, of connection because you're dealing with water a lot and you might find pipes broken and things of that nature. And you can go, well, that, that has some, some stuff. They are both 24-7 businesses. They do require attention to detail, which is very important. If you're a plumber, you have to really know what you're doing. There's a lot of licenses and things in effect, and there's a lot of liability, just like there is in restoration. But they're not really necessarily good businesses to go into for a diversification. A, plumber's a specialty. And in New Jersey, master plumbers are dropping like flies. They're just retiring and they're, you know, moving on. And the incoming flux of people that could potentially be a master plumber are, are dying off very quickly. I hope that changes. But right now, there's a real lack of master plumbers in New Jersey that I'm aware of right now. And to be a master plumber, you know, you got to go through a lot of stuff and it takes a lot of time. And um, not a, a lot of people are going into it today because they're looking more toward the, you know, educated route, going to school, get a four-year degree or whatever the case is. They're not thinking about the trades, even though trades could provide you with a pretty good life. Um, but they're not always thinking that way. So there is the shortage of it right now. That company should stay busy with just their plumbing work, whether it's residential, commercial, or just residential. I have a friend, I guess, that's going to be on that's just residential, and he's a dominant player here on the Jersey Shore, central New Jersey area, predominantly right in the same market I work at. And he's built a multi-truck company, very successful, great branding. And uh, I can't wait to have Ryan on, actually. I think it's going to be an awesome podcast. He's actually going to be a guest in our studio, which is something we haven't done in a long time. So that'll be kind of exciting. But their business is plumbing. In fact, it's in residential plumbing. It's not even commercial, but that's what they do. Do they do some HVAC work? I'm sure they do. Um, a lot of it they refer out to my other friend that I hope to have as a guest to as well at some point on here. But um, the whole point is it's good to be somewhat diversified in what you're doing, but you don't want to do too much of it. And what happens is you end up becoming less tangible, less valuable, less knowledgeable of these other services. You're, you're very good at certain things, but you find out that you might not be all that great at some of these other things. So you got to figure out what best, what services go best with your core service itself. Your core service is whatever you do, number one. What are you? Again, we're a tile and grout cleaning company that happens to clean commercial carpets, happens to clean upholstery, happens to clean wall-to-wall -wall carpets, happens to clean area rugs, you know, again, within our within our wheelhouse of what we do. 
Is there a point, and here's a question, is, is there a point route to many services making uh, me lose the effect of the core of my business? And that's what I just kind of discussed. There are things that you may decide to add that are not adding value. You can't be, generally, you can't be a carpet cleaner. You can't then be a pest control guy or a general contractor or an air duct cleaner. And it's not that those services aren't related. In fact, in carpet cleaning, many people do clean air ducts. I choose not to for two reasons. Number one, I have a colleague and a friend, again, somebody I hope to have on the podcast at some point, that runs a large air duct cleaning company, Advanced Air Duct Cleaning, here in New Jersey. And they just do a great job, and they use all state-of-the-art equipment. They know what they're doing. They've done houses. I've referred them a bunch of times, even to my own personal house. Um, so it doesn't benefit me. That is a strategic partner to be involved with. Um, we don't have any financial arrangement. It just happens to be if he has the chance to refer me into his client base, great, or vice versa, I'm able to refer him into his client base. So a strategic partnership benefits better than me going in and saying, you know what, I'm going to add air duct cleaning to my service because, yes, I do get people that ask, but I don't want to go that route with this. Another thing is, you know, we did in the past, especially last year, we got into a lot of power and paver paver cleaning and, you know, kind of a power washing process and sanding, and it takes some time. You got to do it. This year, we elected not to do it. And the reason we didn't do it is not because it wasn't beneficial. It's I could not find the people that could do that level of technical work correctly with the demands that I would need uh, versus just running our trucks normal. And what that means is I had to take a job that would usually take two to three days minimum, not even sequential days. They could be days spread apart. And I got to look at that and say, okay, is it worth me to go here and do this this one day where I can do the work generally without no matter what with the weather conditions? But I also can't go back and do the second part of it unless I have no rainfall for four hours or the third part if I don't have any rainfall for eight hours. Now, the busy season for that business is the spring. What do you think happens in the spring? <laughs> we get a lot of rain. And even the summer, we generally get rain. We're just entering the summer sector right now. But we've had a fair amount of rain. It was a dry there for a little bit, a little bit of a dry spell. But it really changed a lot, um, you know, with that. So because that service occupies a lot of time, we can't necessarily schedule it consistently day in and day out. Um, it was a burden more on my core business. So I elected this year to let that go and not promote it and not do it. Do we lose money from it? Probably. But do we gain money long term? I think we did. We also gained a lot more customers and clients in our base uh, versus in a job that takes two to three days. We're now in doing three to four jobs on a route, a couple routes. You do the math. You're in more places. You're in front of more people, more opportunities, therefore um, making a bigger net at the end. But up front, it's hard because it's a good dollar ticket job. It's an average $2,000 job. $3,000 job, but it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of time away from the other parts of our core business. So for us, we elected not to. I have a trailer sitting outside with all of the equipment into it. I have all the stuff to be able to do it. Um, we just don't push it and don't really try to do it. Um, in our business because we want to work on our core business. So we don't do air duct cleaning. We don't do power and paver cleaning anymore um, for those types of reasons. Just didn't make fiscal sense for us to do it. Um, I wouldn't want to be a contractor. I wouldn't want to be a handyman. I would love to be a pool guy because I've had a real challenge finding the right pool people in New Jersey, as many other people do. You know, reliable, honest um reliable. <laughs> I'll go back to that. Pool contractors, um, they never really want for work, and and but they, they have generally terrible customer service from what I've seen. It just doesn't show up, doesn't communicate, 
Um, even the big companies, it's, it can be a real challenge to, to get them to come out and do stuff. So there's a niche for that. But if I wanted to and I just got aggravated enough, I could say, you know what? I'm in houses cleaning. Why can't I add additional pool services on? Why can't I go in and clean their carpets but have a truck specialty just doing um, pool service work and pool cleaning work? And the answer is that would be absurd. It would be better for me to joint venture with a pool company if I could find one that was reliable and honest and and would do the job and, and not make me look bad in the process, then I absolutely would. And that air duct cleaning company that I talked about before um, does make me look that way. I have no problem with it. Um, the plumbing company, if I refer them, no problem. The restoration company that I work with and I, I have on the podcast a lot and I talk a lot about um, Sean Ivory from All States, John Abani Ivory from All States Restoration, you know, I refer them anyway. They do phenomenal work. They are the best in New Jersey, in my opinion, what they do. They are state of the art. They keep things up to track and they do it ethically and honestly, which is huge. So, I would never want to do that type of work, even though I've done it for many years, because I have these partners, these strategic partners that can do those things, and it doesn't benefit me. Likewise, they send referrals my way, and I send referrals their way as well. So it's really crucial to really put those points. Um, if you need to really narrow down, think about what services do marry well with your business that don't require a substantial investment. So um, a big thing that people do with us is they get into wood floor cleaning. Wood floor cleaning, not sanding, just dustless wood floor cleaning that's not for everything is a great service. We happen to have it on our business. We do it. We actually do quite a bit of it. It's a hard surface, so it kind of goes under the umbrella of, of the tile and grout, but it's all hard surface stuff. So we do a fair amount of that because a lot of floors here in New Jersey are qualified to do that. We clean them and then recoat them with an acrylic urethane uh, blend, and it comes out really nice, and our customers seem to be very happy with it. And uh, that's what we do. That's a great blended service. That's a great service that will work. That's a great service that adds value to our business and keeps people very loyal to our company. But I don't necessarily want to go out and refinish a wood floor. I don't want to get into sanding. I had a guest on, a phenomenal guest, um, Ben Surdy, a while back from Pure Clean, and his story was remarkable. And I, I do suggest you go back and, and listen to that at some point in time and and um, and get a good good listen to, to what that uh, whole story was about behind that. But he literally talked about buying a six-figure truck to do wood floor sanding, a heavy-duty commercial thing, and it was just a loss for him. And that, I feel, would be a loss for us. Why? Because you go from something you can teach somebody a trade in a very short period of time, a few, few weeks, maybe a few months, to something that you master over a lifetime. So you have to really think about what's a good fit. Wood floor sanding requires a lot more technical ability. Now, is there a lot of work out there? Absolutely, but there's a lot of hacks, and I don't want to be one of them. So I have people that refinish wood floors like Dave Beaton here in Point Pleasant that do incredible work that I can refer work out to. If you can get them, you're going to wait a while, but he's phenomenal. But he's learned that skill over a lifetime. Why would I want to go out and even offer that when that's the best option a customer can have? Again, you're going to wait a while, but he's he's phenomenal at what he does. So really the whole point of this is think about what services go great in addition to your business. What marries well with your business does not require necessarily a substantial investment um, that seems to work with your, your core business. And that's what I suggest you do. And the rest of it, I suggest you develop strategic partnerships where you can refer people back and forth. You can do it both from a financial standpoint. I have companies where we do referral fees back and forth. They refer me. I, I, uh, I send them a check. They vice versa. 
or the majority of people I work with, it's just, you know, I get a customer, I send them to you, vice versa. Our company is now building, built up enough where we can really kind of do that pretty easily. So that's how I would leave it with that. Um, it's really the best way I could think about answering the questions. But if you have something else that comes up and you think it might be valuable, um, feel free to uh, email us at rob at robinline.com or uh, you know comment on it. Make sure you subscribe to our page, our YouTube page. Um, also on iTunes and Spotify, you can uh, you can subscribe and like the uh, the posts and the comments, and we appreciate. Or you can also sign up for our email list at robinline.com. We have a whole bunch of stuff we send you um, once you sign up. So um, take a look at it again. We want to thank our sponsors, Sotellus, Sotellus.com forward slash Rob Lyon for all of the um, huge benefit being a sponsor to our show and really helping us uh, expand and grow this um, to the right audience, which is what we want to do. All right, guys, have a great night. Thank you again for joining us on episode two, season three of the Service Without Excuses podcast. Have a great night. 